Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Hey there, real quick before we dive into today's episode. If you're listening on real time, I have something super special coming up on Friday, December 9th at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. There will also be a recording as well, but I am taking you through my process for ending self-sabotage and creating amazing momentum and drive towards any goal you have. The workshop is called Harmonize, Ending the War with Yourself. It's going to be an experience, so you're going to be putting what you're learning into practice, and there's going to be some energetic work as well. If you are interested, I'm going to drop the link to that in the episode description, and I hope to see you there. Welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. Happy December. I cannot believe we are into the final month of this year. And we're going to continue on this month with a few more amazing guests. Today's guest is no exception. I've actually wanted to have a guest on here for you talked about this particular topic for months on end now. I've been learning more about it myself, and it all makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to get a guest expert on the podcast to talk all things female hormones, the menstrual cycle, how to build a life where you're minimizing all those unpleasant symptoms that can come from menstruation. So today we are talking with Vanessa Grace. She is a life coach and a licensed social worker, and she connects mental health, spiritual practices, and life aspirations to help women create the lives they really want for themselves. She's also more recently dove deep into the female cycle and how to work with it rather than against it. And this is why I really wanted to have her on the show. She also has her own podcast, the Soul Amplified Podcast, where she did an entire four-part series on the topics we cover today. And if you're listening today, here is what you're going to learn the four phases of the menstrual cycle, and the different requirements for each one. We're also going to learn why we often feel moody and have cravings right before our period. And guess what? It's not hormones alone. We also talked about, and this is so exciting, 
how our menstrual cycle can actually be used as a tool for self-healing and emotional release and the action steps to take to make that happen. I don't know about you, but that excites me because I have been someone who once I get to that hormonal, moody, craving time of the month, I just want to get my period and get it over with. But when we can use it as a tool to actually make our lives better and process emotions, we're not going to have this monthly thing we dread anymore. We'll be able to embrace it. We also talk about the intersection between the divine feminine, our menstrual cycle, and spirituality. So many great topics we cover today. I know you are going to love this episode. And if you want to connect with Vanessa Grace further, I have included lots of links for you in the episode description. And from there, let's go chat with Vanessa. Hello, Vanessa, and welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. I am excited also because we were just chatting about this, but I have wanted a guest on to cover this topic for the last few months. And I've thought about, I need to go find someone. I need to figure out who is the best person to share this particular topic. And then we started connecting and I listened to all of your podcast episodes on this. So I just think that was a magical synchronicity that we are going to honor and dive into. Yeah, it's kind of fun that after we started talking about doing this, you were like, wait, you talk about period stuff? (laughs) Let's do that. And I was like, okay. Yes, exactly. So I guess I should fill my listeners in on that, which I'll probably do in the intro before this. But we are diving in today all things the female hormone cycle, the different phases of it the different needs a woman has in all of those different cycles, as well as the, A, the advantages of honoring that cycle, as well as the drawbacks of not honoring that cycle. Mm -hmm. And there are, yeah, there are. (laughs) And I also know, Vanessa, that you wear a few hats. So I would love for you to just share with the audience a bit about the work you do in the world and how you came into doing it. Okay, beautiful. So my uh, coaching practice started in the realm of codependency. Um, And so that's just, you know, overextending yourself and giving to others to the point that like you kind of hurt yourself in the attempt to care for others. But I literally have an entire business built on that. So that's like (laughs) the shortest synopsis I've ever given of it ever. And I started incorporating spirituality into it because that was a deep part of myself that I wanted to share with the world. And I had so much transformation with using spirituality. So began incorporating that. And that was just more like me showing my true self to the world more and more. And then, um, you know, as you evolve, your business evolves. So then that started incorporating the divine feminine as I was working on that in myself. And then as I've been working on uh, understanding and trying to figure out what's going on with my period and how it's been cattywampus, which I'm sure we'll go into, um, in, in my journey to understand that and kind of combine that with the divine feminine, I found all of these resources that aren't really out there in the medical world to help you figure out what's going on with your period and your whole menstrual cycle. And so then I started like, trying to share that with with my um, followers and in my work 
And so now my business is kind of all of those things together. Yes. And I think you touched on something really beautiful is that when we evolve and we integrate these lessons, we're able to bring these different gifts into the world instead of, I know, and and I don't know your thoughts on this, but I think there's sometimes this idea of you have to niche down super hard and only talk about this one thing. And if you don't, you're going to confuse your audience, but people aren't dumb and they can keep up and people aren't just going to, aren't just going to want to grow in one way either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like the more authentic that you are, the more you're going to get the people who want to work with that version of you, you know, which is the true you. But if you put out a version um, publicly, that's a little different from yourself you're going to get people who resonate with a different version of you. And then it won't be as exciting for you to work with the people that are actually different than who you want to be working with. Cause you're not putting your authentic self out there, which is still a challenge that I always deal with because I'm always evolving. So I'm like, Oh wait, how much am I going to share now? How much am I going to share now? Yeah. So I want to cycle back. No pun intended to talking uh-huh. about, period you you used a word I'd never heard before you said your period was cattywampus so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that and where does that word even come from because I am curious okay I have no idea of the origin of the word cattywampus I think it's just been a word that I heard my whole life it's like maybe a word my family used I honey I don't know (laughs) but basically I used that if anyone else doesn't know what it means to mean um it's off the mark it's not been healthy it's um it's been inconsistent so just just to dive in my personal story um my period started being inconsistent in either junior or senior year of high school um and so i started missing cycles and then it was just for a long period of time they just, it wouldn't come. And I discovered that that's called, I think, okay, I've only ever read this word. I've never heard it pronounced. Amaria, or it starts with an A, but I I don't know how to pronounce it, (laughs) apparently. And it basically means your period is absent. So your cycle has gone so long that it's now, you're probably not going to ovulate that cycle, um, which is a whole other depth of conversation. And so, like I had said, I had started diving into the divine feminine and started finding rituals in the divine feminine that were related to honoring your period and how important the womb is and the womb being the portal of divinity and women and creativity and how the womb is a symbolic of divine feminine and our ability to create, but also our ability to shed and our ability to let go of things and almost tear things down so that something new can be created. And that's part of symbolically of what the period is. It's shedding something symbolically in our lives, even old trauma or relationships or parts of ourselves that we no longer want um, so that something new can be built. And then, you know, each month um, when the body is preparing to receive an egg, the uterus lining is thicker and thicker. And so that's almost like symbolic of creating something new and then we shed it. So we're in this natural cycle of creating and releasing. And when we are living a life that is out of out of balance with that, it shows up in how our whole feminine cycle, like the whole period cycle, menstruation cycle um, operates. When we get too 
um, in our masculine energy where we're driven and focused and don't rest back into our feminine energy, then um, it increases the stress levels, which throws all the hormones off, which then sets off this cascade of um, hormonal imbalances in our body that show up as long cycles, abstinent cycles, painful periods, heavy periods, clotting periods, light periods, short periods, like all these different things, but they all have similar root causes. That is super so I know interesting. I, just said, I know I just said like a lot right there, but. Listen, I want to dive into a couple pieces of that. Yeah. The other thing, is this a normal thing that comes up with too much masculine and not honoring that feminine as well in terms of like cravings and the like really moodiness beforehand or is that a normal part of the cycle that's probably going to happen to some degree no matter what so actually um the the phase just before the period is called the luteal phase and that phase we're starting to so the okay I'm going to back up a second. So I want to come back to your question. So hold it in your brain. I want to give the framework of the cycle and then Mm -hmm. we can talk about it with more. Everyone knows the words I'm saying. So the first part of the phase is in terms of following a new egg is called the follicular phase. And that's right after your period ends. So the last egg has just shed and now we're paying attention to a new egg in the follicular phase. And it's called that because the follicles are growing and the mm-hmm. follicles are related to the egg. And so the egg is growing, um, not necessarily getting bigger, but like getting more mature to ripen for, you know, bursting out of the ovary and being impregnated, you know? And so it's growing and getting bigger. And that's more of a masculine phase where our energy is rising and we're getting more creative and we're wanting to go out and be more in the world. And that's... Um, Yeah, it's rising energy and it's more masculine. And it's also um, estrogen is the dominant hormone. And estrogen is the dominant hormone for um, two parts of our cycle. So then after the egg bursts out, we've ovulated now. And like there's a few days around ovulation where that is now the phase ovulation and ovulation is when we have our highest amount of energy and progesterone has now become the hormone that's dominant. And this, this is a time where we're going to feel magnetic. We're going to feel social. We're going to want to communicate a lot with other people. We're going to be alluring to whoever is attracted to us and we're going to feel sensual. And so it's like nature has perfectly created the scenario for us to want to go boink basically you know everyone's going to want to go have sex when they're ovulating to of course you know make the egg happen that was like the worst way of saying it (laughs) get pregnant but you know if you know when you're ovulating and can tell the signs because there are signs you can just either have sex to make sure you get pregnant if that's what you want or avoid sex during that time or use a barrier method to make sure that you're not going to get pregnant if that's not what you want. But the other point of knowing when you're ovulating is that you can um, plan your life so that you're doing social events at that time. Maybe you're having hard conversations at that time because you're a better communicator and you can have business meetings at that time and all of these big things can happen 
during this time because you have the energy to do them. You're at your height of your energy. And then after ovulation, we go into the luteal phase. And this is where your body, at the beginning of the luteal phase, you're, you're still pretty high energy. But at the end of the luteal phase, you're really starting to slow down into hibernation mode to prepare for menstruation and shedding if the egg hasn't been um, fertilized. And so we're switching, we're, we're maintaining in progesterone, which means you're going to want to eat a lot. But it also, this is also a phase where, and this kind of comes back to your question of the, the feelings and moods that happen before your period. So that's all in the luteal phase. And it's kind of like you, so because of a series of hormones that I, I don't know that part super well, um, but there are a bunch of hormones that are happening that are making you more aware of what's going on in your life. And so things that are off, you're noticing them more. They're irritating you more. And so what's actually happening is you're being given the gift of seeing true reality. The rest of the month, we might be wearing rose-colored glasses. But during the the kind of the last part of the luteal phase, and the luteal phase can be a couple weeks. Um, it can be a really long time. Um, usually like 10 to 14, 15 days. Um, but sometimes it's a little bit longer. But you're really just seeing reality and it's an opportunity to express pent up emotion that you haven't allowed yourself to have the rest of the month. We stay so buttoned up trying to get all of our shit done as women and do all the things, be all the things, be the perfect X, Y, Z, that we don't give space for emotion. And emotion is one of the main ways to ensure that you're in connection with your feminine being mm -hmm. connected to your emotion and allowing yourself to feel them is, is a way to be more feminine. And so like really being in the little part of your phase and feeling all the feelings, including rage, because there's a lot of shit in the world to be mad about. Yes. Let's be fair. Um, it's going to happen. So if you're experiencing a lot of difficult emotions during your luteal phase the week before your period maybe that's a sign that something is off in your life and it might not be like oh your partner is awful to you or something like that that's i think people's mm -hmm. main fear is that they often get upset with their partner and so it means it's something wrong with their partner that's not always the case but it can be but sometimes it's just you're not living in alignment with what you really want and you've tricked yourself into believing that you want what you're quote unquote supposed to want mm -hmm. or what if we're just trying to keep up because that's what we're supposed to do but really we don't want to keep up we don't want to do that we want to like step outside of the normal expectations but we're too scared to do it so there's just all these other things that have nothing to do with your primary romantic relationship about how you're living your life that are maybe why you're freaking out during your luteal phase, you know, with all these emotions. So I know that was a really long answer, but I wanted to make sure we talked about each of the phases so people had language. Yes, that helps a lot. And it gives me things to, to think about with regard to my own cycle as well, because there are times when the cravings are really bad and the moodiness is really bad and they tend to go hand in hand. And then there's other times where I barely notice those things. And I wonder if that speaks to there's certain cycles where 
there's none of those things left unsaid or those misaligned situations. So then the moodiness and the cravings don't have to pop up to the same degree. Can Mm -hmm. you speak a little bit to that? So I think that women just retain too much stress. We just retain too much stress and we don't allow ourselves to fall apart. And when we do Mm -hmm. fall apart, it's in like a crisis because we just can't hold it together anymore. Um, And that's not saying that women are weak. I don't fucking believe that. But um, (laughs) women are really strong. Um, But I, I really resonate with what you said that, yeah, if everything's going great, your little phase might just be feeling some feelings and going on with things. And if you're too stressed out, if you're not living your true values and you're trying to pretend and trick yourself that you're um, living your true values, but they're actually somebody else's values, you're going to feel not okay in your own skin. And our bodies always try and tell us when we're not okay. And our bodies will scream at us, but they can't use English or whatever our native language is. So they use other things to get our attention. Like right now I'm having shoulder pain. I fully Mm -hmm. think it's because my body was like, you're not listening that you need to slow down. So we're going to make you slow down. Guess what? I've been thinking about things all week that I've been avoiding for months because my shoulder pain popped up to force me to full stop. And so I think that our periods can do that as well. I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. not paying attention month after month after month, to the feelings that are happening inside of you that can create a really painful period. And yes, there's all sorts of hormonal reasons for it, but sometimes those hormones are out of whack because um, our stress level is actually a chemical in our body. It's cortisol. And when our cortisol is out of whack, it affects our adrenal glands. And if our adrenal glands are out of whack, that actually affects the hormones that regulate our period. Yes. And I think, one thing I love that you touched on was the fact that our body does communicate with us. And oftentimes we try to communicate back almost in the wrong way. Uh, We try to think our way out of things when what we really need to do is like be with our bodies and feel what we're feeling. And then we wonder why aren't these affirmations working? Why isn't my like mindset work working? Because I imagine we need these other tools, especially at different phases in our menstrual cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So just connecting in more and more than we ever have. Um, I've been doing several things to take care of my shoulder, but mm-hmm. the thing that has been most effective was doing a spiritual technique that releases energy and trapped emotions in the body called the emotion mm-hmm. code that I do on myself. And it's been more effective in relieving pain than really anything else that I've been doing. And in the process of that, what came up was, Um, I'm not allowing myself to receive enough support and I'm some, on some level, a subconscious level, um, connected to too much suffering. And I already knew this third part, which is I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist, which I'm sure is rooted in all sorts of like, um, ways to protect myself. If I'm perfect, I'm protected from, um, being rejected because you can't complain about me because I'm perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've discovered that those three things are related to what is at the root of my shoulder pain. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just an example of how our body through our period 
could be saying something that you would never expect. I would have never connected those three things. And that your body could be screening through, you know, heavy blood flow, through clots, through extreme cramping, um, through extreme moodiness. There's all these ways that it can scream to get your attention. And you're right. We don't listen to it in the right way. I think we try and suppress it and shove it down so that we can keep going. When really, the final phase menstruation, which I just realized I didn't talk about, we're supposed to rest and um, we're supposed to lay the fuck down (laughs) and stop doing things and go inward and process all of the feelings that we've been having all month. And if we Mm -hmm. don't process all the feelings that we've been having all month, our ovulation phase won't be as radiant will be it'll be diminished because there's emotions pulling us down um from our full level of energy so you gotta like process out all the emotions and connect into your inner self during the menstruation phase so that you have um all of the splendor that is ovulation Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're doing a full post cleaning before you move into that next yeah yeah and I mean, it can take several times. It's not like you've never done this before. And then you go into hibernation mode for one um, period. And then, oh, you're going to clean everything out. You know, you, you'll have processed every emotion. No, it'll it'll take a while. You got to cycle through it. And I imagine even after you've done like the majority of it, like the stored trap stuff from years on end, there's always going to be some kind of maintenance to do. And I love yeah. that we can look at our menstrual phase as like this clearing out and this shedding and this letting go and then asking ourselves what needs to be released right now and how can I allow this to happen in this way that is really embodied and feminine yes because I think a lot of us would like to do it in a really linear way because then we know what to expect and that feels like in our own control but that's a masculine way of doing it for a feminine thing menstruation is feminine i don't think you can really do it in a masculine way it's gonna be a mess which is kind of like that's a a play on words because it's messy but it's messy in both ways yes so this is something i would love to dive into next is we know that we have these four phases of our cycle and each yes. cycle is optimized for different things for different experiences and we're meant to rest in certain parts of this. And also, what does like a really high performing woman who has consistent demands on her time throughout the month do to still be consistent in the work she needs to do while honoring that feminine cycle? So I think it's managing your expectations of what you're really capable of each week. Mm-hmm. And when you allow the periods of rest, and kind of understand what you need. So this is maybe a high-performing woman in this example, someone who's already done the main shedding work that we just talked about and is now in a place of, I understand what's happening. But she will then at that point know what she needs during her menstrual phase to be able to work through whatever she has going on and give herself that space and then orchestrate her life and calendar around well, I'm going to be more busy when I'm ovulating and I need to make sure that I have the right foods in the house. 
um, because there are foods that are good for each cycle. And that's a part that I haven't worked on learning and implementing into my life. So I can't speak to it. But there's a lot of information out there, listeners, if you want it, it's real easy to find. Um, If you're just doing the right Googles and the right Instagram things, you can find what foods to eat during each part of your cycle, if that's something you're interested in. And so she can just, this woman can find how to um, organize her life so that she's the most busy kind of around ovulation Mm -hmm. and maybe doing more planning work, contemplating um, her schedule and big picture ideas during menstruation, having less meetings and doing, maybe she's got like learning that she needs to do um, with some videos she needs to watch. And that's pretty low key. And she can just do that on her laptop um, while she's menstruating. Maybe she works from home some of those days if she's Mm -hmm. supposed to be going into an office. Um, I don't know if these are examples that are like resonating with what you're trying to ask. Definitely. And I think, speaking to that planning aspect and also the aspect of experimenting with this for a while and figuring out yes what do I need in these different cycles because I imagine there are as with anything there's kind of guidelines that work mostly across the board and then there's going to be nuances and exceptions and all these things that we're only going to yeah. find out through our practice yeah because you might um find out that things are slightly different for you or, you know, that your ovulation phase is, phase is longer or shorter. And that's a great thing to know. Or what happens to you in the luteal phase? Um, how do you handle that? And you could just pick and learn about one phase or just try and figure out what are the signs of when I'm ovulating. Um, and all of that is out there. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of that, like, difference especially with like the menstrual cycle specifically because I know you mentioned laying down is optimal but I know me if I like sit and lay down too much on that phase I actually get worse cramps and I find walking and staying moving is actually better for me so do you find weird exceptions like that in the women you work with or is it just all over the place so I think that that's when knowing your body is really important And not everyone is experiencing cramps. That's just one aspect of what's happening, right? And part of what's going on with cramps, just because you mentioned that, is that it's actually um, kind of like old stagnant blood and the uterus is contracting to try and get it to move around so that it can be released. And so um, something that I've learned about um, is called peristeming, also known as vaginal steaming, V-steaming. And you basically you know, you're putting a warm container of water and then you hover over it like a facial before your vagina and it helps everything um, loosen up. And there's, I'll give you afterwards some links to some people who specialize in that, um, that I know of. I just can't remember their names right now. So if people want to follow that, they can. And Mm -hmm. there's not ever been research done on it, but they've, they're pretty certain that it's not like harmful in any way. Because, of course, the medical profession is like, oh, no, this is harmful. This is weird. But it's an ancient tradition that people have been using all over the world. So there's just there's a lot of things out there that can help you and knowing yourself and your body and what works for you. And I think that's why I said laying down, because I need to lay down. 
mm-hmm. I need to not do a lot and not doing a lot for me means laying down. Mm-hmm. So it was more like a, I guess, a personal example. So you knowing that you need to move around to reduce cramps is really important. Definitely. And I think now you're treating it as a way to connect deeper to yourself and a way to learn more about yourself. And I think that can take away some of the resistance and irritation. I feel many women often feel about having to have a menstrual cycle. Uh, I, I know I've talked to different women and I've probably said to myself like, oh, I just wish I was a dude so much easier. But if we can instead look at it as like, this is a tool we can actually use to A, live our best life, B, have like the most personalized health possible, and then C, also be able to have more of a system is the wrong word because it's so masculine, but a process for releasing emotions and healing mm-hmm. and all these things and using your period as a way to do that, that seems like a super magical way to view it it goes back Mm -hmm. to that divine feminine yes and periods are pretty magical we've just been like no one told us because our mothers and our grandmothers didn't know because it was kind of systematized out of a lot of different cultures and so there's been this resurgence of trying to remember it again and I'm glad that I'm one of those people And I'm glad to be talking about it. Like, I don't know everything, but I know enough to get other people intrigued and they can go do their research and um, they can understand themselves. And maybe some guys can understand their their partners better. That would be great. Yes, that would be wonderful. Um, I really like what you said about like kind of it feeling the period feeling magical because it really is like if you were to set the intention, okay, with this period, I'm going to. I don't know, release my blah, blah, blah about whatever just happened with a friend or, you know, some some awful thing that happened at work. Or I'm going to try and release the resentment that I have about something from my childhood. So, yeah, that period is going to be a little rougher because you're digging deep, but it's going to help you in the long run because you're healing yourself using your period to release something. But then you don't have to carry it around with you anymore psychosomatically yes that is something i'm going to start implementing just out of curiosity have you heard of a book called the presence process no i have not so he has this theory in it that everything we experience is kind of encoded from our first seven years of life so even if we're having a really negative charged experience with a coworker, for example, it's actually mimicking something that happened in that first seven years. And his thing is in order to live a life where we don't have things like health challenges, anxiety, depression, what we want to do is start integrating those like first painful experiences so that we can experience more inner peace. And if we're able to do that as women, on a regular basis with intention using our menstrual cycle. I think, like you said, that makes it magical. Yes. So I absolutely believe what you're talking about from that book. I just wrote down the name because I, um, I, I'm a book freak. I love books. So I totally believe that. And I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but I feel like I should now. So I'm actually a licensed social worker and I have been for 20 years and I've been a therapist in private practice for a decade 
And I just closed my private practice to solely focus on coaching. And part of um, being licensed is that you have to get continuing education. And so for 20 years, I've continued to learn and, you know, from experts. And one of those things I focus on is trauma. And it's highly correlated that experiences that happen in childhood remain in us unless we do specific things to heal them. And there are a lot of books out there and a lot of knowledge out there that are supporting exactly what this book is talking about. Um, from a research perspective, I'm taking a course right now from somebody for my continuing education um, card called Mark Wallen. And he has a wonderful book about inherited trauma where actually the experience of trauma or PTSD and, and other things are inherited through your DNA and that mm -hmm. your PTSD experience that you can't find an origin story for you in your life is maybe actually from a generation or two generations ago um, from something that happened in your family and those genes just remain turned on when you were being created in utero when the egg and the sperm joined together, those genes were turned on to create the symptoms of PTSD or whatever it is. But that's the one that people are looking at a lot. And that's called epigenetics, if anyone's interested in that. And if you go down that rabbit hole, well, I'm sorry, and you're welcome, because it will change your entire world worldview. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of evidence to support exactly what the author of the presence process is talking about. So mm -hmm. I'm all on board with that. Yes. And I think one thing that I wanted to emphasize as well is that no one should downplay or negate their emotional experiences, because I know I've interacted with certain people who don't know why they feel so sad or don't know why they feel so anxious. Nothing bad happened to them in childhood. They had a happy childhood, all the things, but they still have these emotional charges. Yes. And it's, it's like, it might not have even been your childhood. It could have been your mother's, your father's, your grand, mm -hmm. one of your grandparents and not downplaying what you're feeling and feeling like you shouldn't be feeling it because if you're feeling it, there's a good chance it is that inherited trauma. And it is something that you can start to heal for yourself, which is going to yes. heal your lineage going onwards, which is yeah. really cool to think about. What I've noticed in working with all the women that I've worked with is that many of them are spiritual healers who are healing the trauma of their entire lineage. And so they have more personal like psychology work to do on themselves, more personal development, more shedding, because they're actually here to shed everything for their whole family and kind of like clean the slate as much as they can. I'm one of those people and I just accidentally found out that that's kind of the women I end up working with. It doesn't matter what offer I'm making, like what kind of niche I'm working on at that moment in my career. I just keep getting women who have, you know, they're the ones that are cleaning the slate and doing a lot of the deep work for ancestral trauma. So, that is super potent work you're doing. And yeah. how, how like, oh, women... this is happening. This is a theme. This is apparently what I do, even though it's not what I advertise. The universe just brings them to me. Amazing how you do tend to call in the exact people that are meant for you. And I would love to know, how does a woman or like a man, if it's a man, 
what do they know that this is the work they're called to do? Is it just like a deep intuitive knowing? Are there other signs? Like how would a person know that this is their mission in life or their purpose? Um, Some of the things that I've seen are having a spiritual awakening, which can feel like you're going crazy, um, but you're not. You're just noticing things on a deeper level. Your body might be having a lot of sensations that don't make sense to you. Um, Maybe you're having spiritual experiences where you're having all these really intense dreams or you're having um, meditations that are really deep or you're just interested in more spiritual stuff. Um, And a spiritual awakening often involves a lot of um, digging through old stuff in your life that's uncomfortable and it all kind of coming crashing to a head and having to process it. But it also means that you're often from, if you're doing the spiritual work and kind of doing this ancestral clean out that I'm talking about, you're often from a family that's had a lot of shit happen. Mm-hmm. If you were to like list out to somebody, oh, these are all the crazy things that happened in my family, you'd be like, damn, that's a lot. And those people tend to be the healers who are healing the family. And maybe they're a little bit like a black sheep or the other people in the family aren't doing the work. They're, they feel maybe a little bit like an oddball. They're often like empaths or indigo children or any of those kind of star seeds. Like, I don't really even know what star seed is, in all honesty, but I've heard people talk about it. So I'm throwing it in there. So sorry if it's not really part of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Another word f- that's similar to empath is a highly sensitive person. And mm-hmm. so they just sense things more and have spiritual gifts like clairsentience or clairaudience. And so you could have all of these spiritual gifts and that awaken during this uh, spiritual awakening. Um, and you just have more things to work through as you begin to work on your trauma healing. And they're just, it's like, why am I not through this yet? And then you're like, oh, because it's more than just mine. I agreed now we're going fully into the spiritual world under a belief system that you knew who your family was going to be when you came here, kind of that assumption. So if you believe that and you chose to come to earth and you picked your family under that assumption, like you chose to be here to do this work, to clear that line, to clear that Mm -hmm. ancestral line of the trauma so that it would be free from it because it keeps moving forward until someone stops to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to deal with it because it's fucking hard. Very much so, yes. It's just fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would love to highlight for my audience as well. That idea of you've done a lot of work on yourself. You've maybe had that spiritual awakening. You're very into personal development. Development. You've done the counseling, the coaching, all the things. And you still feel like, oh, why am I not through it? Why are these things coming up? Chances are, from what I'm hearing from you, is that you, they've probably healed their stuff to a large degree, but now there's all these other layers that go on, that go back to before they were even born, that now those things are coming up. And that is, like you said, it's a lot and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have so many hours logged with other healers working on my stuff, you know, so many hours I've done therapy for myself. I've been, to codependency groups for myself. Like that's where I figured out I was codependent and sorted my stuff out with that aspect of it. But yeah, just, I have a lot of hours logged and have learned a lot of skills for myself 
of things that I can use on myself. Like I mentioned the emotion code earlier. I did a lot of work with somebody on the emotion code. Like they would do that method on me. And then I chose to learn it for myself. And now I can use it on myself to help myself. Not as good as the person who I hired, but you know, they were better than I am, but now I can use it on myself. Yes. And I think that's, the cool thing about these, a lot of these tools is you can use them on yourself and it'll work, but there's something about that co-creative experience with someone else, probably because you don't have to actively do as much and they're yes. kind of in the driver's seat. Exactly. You don't have to do as much. You can sit back and receive, but also they're in kind of their zone of genius and mm-hmm. in their zone of genius, they've seen a lot. And so they can see what you can't see they can see the bigger picture because they've seen it a hundred times already and they're like oh well this is happening over there and you're panicking about it not knowing what's going on and they can just be like oh it's this Mm -hmm. or it's one of these three things and we should sort it out whatever but working with somebody else really helps you get there faster because they know the lay of the land for that topic they know what's going on Mm -hmm. and you might not realize that some of your symptoms are what that what what is it related to that you don't know but they might yes and i think the other thing is they'll be able to find things that are in your blind spot in addition to having that zone of genius and that additional wisdom so yeah yeah awesome so i know we're getting to the end of time yeah more questions for you one is say someone wants to really start to honor their menstrual cycle and they want to work with it and not against it. They want to have almost a spiritual experience with it. Are there certain tools or practices that you would recommend for each of the four phases? So I think the tail end of the luteal phase and menstruation um, journaling is really going to be helpful. And um, specifically setting aside time to just pay attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just go inward and notice yourself. And it doesn't have to be taking a whole day off of work. I mean, that would be optimal. That would be great. But if you can't do that because of the, you know, the expectations of life, just taking a, a few hours to go slow and focus on yourself can be really transformative for people. Um, and some people don't have a lot that they have to work through. You know, mm-hmm. some people just need some tweaks. And if you're, you know, younger, if you're in your 20s, um, you probably don't have as much stuff to work through um, when you start to pay attention to your cycle. Whereas if you're like in your late 30s, you probably have a lot more to suss out with your cycle and figure out Mm -hmm. because you've been a woman longer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. In the follicular phase, I feel like allowing yourself to begin to be creative and have that growing energy Um, and just even noticing, I think just noticing your your energy level shift is a huge deal in the follicular phase because it comes from, you know, the low point of like kind of hibernation of menstruation and then to the high point of ovulation. So if you could just notice and, even log it if you want to like oh today i feel really sluggish you could have a sluggish scale or an energy scale or a vitality scale or whatever you want to call it put it in Mm -hmm. your phone make a cute little 
um, piece of paper that has decorations on it, whatever you're into, um, and then just log, like, oh, what's my energy level today on a 1 to 10 scale? And then know that it's normal and that you don't have to beat yourself up about it. So many women are beating themselves up for not being at a level 10 every day when we're really only supposed to have that level of energy, like, a week or two out of the month. Which is, like, horrifying for women to hear, because we're in a society that only values that. Mm -hmm. But there's this huge value in processing on the other end when we're slow. So I say just in the follicular, the, the week, week and a half after your period, pay attention to your energy level, and then be nice when it's not a 10. Just be like, oh, I'm normal right now. I'm absolutely normal right now. That is an amazing point to make as well, is not making ourselves wrong for it or feeling like we're the only one. And knowing as a woman, we are going to have the ebbs and flows in our energy. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of gifts in that lower energy time if we choose to see it that way. Whether that is yes. like the deeper intuition the yes. ability to move through different emotional experiences. And when we can love ourselves and honor ourselves in that state, as much as we love ourselves in the like high energy, ovulating, super sexy phase, we're going to have like a great experience all throughout the month instead of just, like you said, a mm -hmm. week or two at a time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then during ovulation, I feel like this is the phase that we all want to be in anyway. But if you rested more during menstruation and maybe a little bit before and after, notice if your ovulation phase has even more energy. Really, I feel like a lot of when we begin something new, it's a lot about noticing. So that's why I keep talking about it. So just notice, oh, I rested last time. Is my energy even higher than normal right now? And so it might take a few cycles for you to see that pattern. Um, but it's there. It That's what I've experienced when I started slowing down more. Um, and then also, like, maybe purposefully do one of the things during ovulation that we're better at. Like, purposefully be more social. You know, if you're going to get together with somebody anyway, don't do it during your luteal phase. By God, be nice to yourself. If you're going to get together with someone and go out or whatever that's high energy, like, Put that shit during the week of ovulation. Um, if you have a big project due and you need to work long hours, like shift it to during ovulation. You got a lot of energy going on. You're going to have a long day. And then um, during the luteal phase, well, we kind of talked about this before, but just to reiterate that like you're going to have your feelings, so let yourself feel them. Maybe note them down somewhere so you can see the patterns and be mm -hmm. willing to go into what's happening um with those feelings like where do they where did they come from you know, like do a little self-evaluation to see if there's an emerging pattern and we like quick decisions in our society but you don't have to make a decision quick you could you could take a, a few menstrual cycles to make a decision about something it's not like oh i figured out that i'm upset about blah 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 so now i have to take action now like this week. No, you don't have to. You could listen to it for two or three cycles and then take action during your ovulation phase. After you've listened to it for a few luteal phases and menstruations and really understand what you want. 
I mean, maybe it only needs one, but some we feel this pressure to act fast and we don't have to. So the permission slip to give ourselves that spaciousness to take as much time as we need to make the most aligned decision possible. Yes, there is an author who writes about periods that I've read a lot of her books. Um, mm-hmm. Lisa Lister is her name. She's mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, she will bleed on something. That's what she tells people when she's going to make a decision. She's like, okay, I'm going to bleed on it and get back to you. It's le- legit how she talks in her life. <laughs> but again, <laughs> her her whole business is based on like menstrual cycles and femininity. So talking about bleeding and blood is like whatever to her. For a minute, when you first said that, I thought, does she actually bleed on something physically to make a decision? And like, I don't, but no, I no. understand what you mean now. Yeah, she, um, she has her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So allowing herself to bleed while she thinks on it, but instead yes. of thinking on it, she's experiencing it through her menstrual cycle of bleeding. So that's mm-hmm. why she says, I'm going to bleed on it. Mm-hmm. Not literally, but emotionally. Yes. And I imagine there would be a ton of power in waiting that entire menstrual cycle too, because then you know how you feel about something when you're at your high and you also know how you feel about it when you're at your low. And where is that? that middle ground or that balance you can find by giving yourselves the 28 days. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That was a good question. mm -hmm. So Vanessa, I have learned so much from you and I'm so happy that you have been a guest on the show. And I'd love to hear as we wrap up, how can my listeners find out more about you? How can they connect with you? All the things. So I have a lot of places you can find me. Uh, My business is called Soul Amplified. There is a podcast named that. There's a website. um, And you can see what different offers I have of how to work with me on the website. And um, I have an Instagram and I have an email list. And everything is called Soul Amplified. So it's not like you have to remember a different name for different things. Um, And I also wanted to share with your listeners that if they want to hear uh, from me a few times a week via text message, I have a I have that all set up. And so if they want to hear, uh, you know, messages of positivity and codependency, healing and self-care information, they can just text peace, text peace to this phone number and you'll have it in the show notes. And then you'll be signed up and you'll get messages from me three days a week. The number is 877-338-338. 0875. And then um, another thing I have going on right now is every year I um, I have a workbook available for people who are codependent, but are trying to figure out how to do the holiday season when they're going to be getting together with more people, especially family. And often families are the origin point of codependent behaviors. And so if you're trying to heal them, but you're going back into a family that's not working on it at all, there can be a lot of conflict. And so Mm -hmm. this codependence holiday workbook is all about how to help you navigate um, setting boundaries to create your holiday of bliss. And so the codependence holiday workbook is 30 bucks and you'll have the link in the show notes. So that if anybody wants that, you can go get that. I've been doing it for several years because I had to learn how to not do as much shit during the holidays when I was going through rough times and figuring out that I was codependent. 
And so I was like, uh, other people need to learn how to manage this as well. Yes, and, like, and I stirs it up. Yes, and can you share? Say someone isn't like like full on codependent. I imagine that workbook would have value for ninety nine percent of people, just because family dynamics. There is more of that guilt and yes. obligation sense, if and you, there's if you have ever made a choice to keep the peace, if you have ever made a choice because you didn't want to rock the boat, if you have ever made a choice to make somebody else happy, but you were bummed out about it, especially in your family, you can learn something from this workbook. Because while you may not be codependent, a lot of codependency characteristics are traits that are really common in our society. And so you could learn how to not be a people pleaser just through the information mm -hmm. I have in this workbook. And it's fun. There's coloring, there's graphs and charts and journaling prompts. And I'm kind of snarky and because I'm kind of snarky. So it's all, it's all there. It's cool. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And like you said, I will have links to all of that in the episode description. And I just want to thank you again for joining me today. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.